Great. I'm loving this weather. <laughs> yes, I am loving this weather too. Yeah. Day officially of spring. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, ju- I just finished my spring break. Somebody needs to tell the colleges. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, just as a way of introduction, you are being interviewed for Gallant Few, the Revolutionary Veteran Support Network podcast. Awesome. And yes, and uh, and I wanted to take just a couple of minutes and talk about how you and I got connected, your uh, experience when you came and started climbing with us, and then what you're doing now. Okay, absolutely. So where do you want, well, let's first start off with uh, your military background. Talk a little about what you did. Okay, yeah, I was with uh, the Arrowhead Striker Brigade up in Washington. I was an infantryman. Uh, I, ran, uh, I ran the mortars off a mortar truck. Um, I had a lot of fun up there. Um, I was in Iraq from 2009 to 2010, and I got out of the Army in 2012. Um, I guess where, where me and Gallant Few meet up is a few years after I get out of the Army, I had gotten out, gone pretty much straight to school, had uh, found a purpose that I, I thought was the one for me. Um, a few obstacles happened, and I ended up, I ended up kind of, well, kind of, I ended up pretty severely isolating myself. Um, And so where I met up with Gallant Few, I had managed to isolate myself to the point to where I would hide in my own bathroom in my own house from my own family, except for, uh, yeah, a few, few bits during the day when I had, when I had enough guts to come out. So I, through, um, you had, you had Googled something about yeah. veterans and clients, or you saw a, right. a so movie what, or something. I ran across uh, Valley Uprising on Netflix. Yeah, so was it. Yeah, and I had a buddy who um, I saw on his Facebook. I had Facebook at the time. He had built a climbing wall for his little girl. I thought, hey, he would like this video, so I sent it to him. Had nothing to do at the time. Decided to watch it myself and was completely inspired because at this point, I, I was I – was, I was on the edge. Um, I, I lost my purpose. I, you know, I really didn't have anybody that I trusted. I mean, my wife by thread even, um, because she didn't, she didn't understand how to deal with what I was going through, like quite a few spouses. So, I mean, it, yeah, it's, they have no it, idea. Exactly. I mean, she did the best she could with, you know, what she knew and what she had. And, and she's been behind me every step of the way, but I, there was something I needed that she just she just couldn't provide. And when I saw that video, um, Alex Honnold in that video did an interview for 60 Minutes. And the I don't remember who it was interviewed, interviewed, but she asked him, she said, uh, isn't this a rush? And the way he explained it is what absolutely turned me on and got me, had me find Gallant Few. And he said, it's not a rush. Ideally, if there's a rush, you've done something wrong. As yeah. you're doing this, it should be pure execution. There should be no emotion. It should, and, and that's kind of that, that Zen thing that I had been searching for because I'm one of those people that my mind just goes too fast, has too much going through it. I can't just sit in a stationary position and meditate. I can't do it. Uh, I'm just, I'm not built like that. And so when I saw this, I, I told my wife, I was like, I got to find somewhere to climb. Are there even climbing places in Dallas? And thank God there were. And she fa- she was actually the one that did the Google search and found Gallant View. 
And I kid you not, the, the two days I had to wait were, it sucked because I wanted to go so bad. <laughs> but at the same time, I was absolutely terrified to leave my freaking house. And I remember when I walked into that gym, you almost turned around and walked back out. Bro, if you if you had not have met me at that counter, I think I would have walked back out. Carl walked up to me as I'm Did you notice what I did with you when you came in? Do what? You notice what I did with you when you came in? I went into I went into squad leader mode and I said, Okay, first step one, go check in there, do your waiver. Step two, go over there, they'll get your gear. Step three, go over there, go through training. Step four, once you're done training, come find me. Right. Okay. So yeah, and, and I, I was realize that's what I was doing, but I wasn't I wasn't giving you the opportunity to think about it. Uh, and and it, it, and that I mean, and that's part of why I like Gallant Few. I mean, that's the that's the first thing that, that I guess kept me hooked. But uh, you f- I found I've been to a few. Um, I'm not going to say names. Um, other uh, veteran organizations, events. Let's put it that way, and they kind of they let the conversation go where it may, and it doesn't always go to productive places. You know, the thing I like about being a gallant few and and doing the climbing program is because you go there and it's about climbing and it's about nothing else. It's about focusing on that single activity, doing it together, basically puzzle solving together and everything else is generally left at home. That way you don't have, you know, political conflicts you know, people talking about, you know, this kind of relationship, that kind of relationship. You have a, hey, this kind of thing happened to me. Okay, cool. Let's talk. You know, and, and that kind of focus, it took a lot of the social pressure and anxiety that I felt going out in public. It took all that away because I knew that when I go to the climbing program, that it's about climbing and I don't have to worry about people talking to me about other crap. You know, I could focus on the thing that that gave me a center. And do you that, remember that first time that you climbed with us when you were on the wall? When I came off the wall? Yeah. Yeah. I, dude, I, I remember going up it. I got, I got that center. I mean, and it, I still have that center. That's literally what everything I do now is built off of and acquiring. And in that instant I did, I collapsed. I, I bawled like a baby in the middle of the entire gym, which was it wasn't quite that bad. So uh, you, you were you 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 sat down you when you came down off the wall and when I let you down, you went to your knees and you covered your face with your hands. Yeah, I was crying for a couple of seconds. Yeah, you looked up. You had some tears in your eyes, and and you told me you said that's the first time in I don't remember the period of time two years five years whatever it was that's the first time in five years that my mind was clear because I could only focus on climbing. Yeah, because when you're climbing, the, the, the crux of it is, is once all of your body weight is on that wall, your brain cannot think about anything else but the next foothold, the next handhold, yeah. which right. way you have to shift your body weight and what you have to do to keep ascending because, I mean, it's that, it's that survival instinct that thinks, I don't want to fall, and it does. It blanks everything else out. You have to focus, and that is valuable. That that level of intense focus is is a valuable tool for for anybody. Yeah. Do you remember what happened next after that? Uh, no. I, I when I when I unclipped and handed you the end of the belay rope, and that was I think that was the scariest part because I you know I, I was feeling really good, but then to have that level of trust kind of thrust upon me was 
was intimidating, but I think that's really what made me feel a part of it. You know, that gave me a sense of belonging. It's like, here, I'm going to blame you, but I'm also going to trust you. You know, yeah. it goes both ways. And that, that, that double-edged sword is important. Well, and you told me maybe a year later, you said that was an important moment for you because it had been a while since anybody had trusted you. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's still, that still holds true. I, um, while I'm, I'm more open to it because of that and, and this whole program, um, it's, it's, it's allowed me, there, there's a great series on Netflix, um, or not Netflix, uh, YouTube by Brene Brown on uh, vulnerability. And it, and it really explains it well. It tells me, you know, in order to be open to the love and all the positive things in life, you also have to open yourself to all the negative things in life. Yeah. And as hard as that is, no, you have to know that before you can try to actually do it. You have well, to, if you're, going, if you're going in the army, you can't, you can't um, try to get jump wings unless you go through the risk of being hurt or flunking yeah. out of airborne school. Right. Just like sure. ranger training or anything else that's out there. Uh, air assault. I mean, you name it, you don't get the prize unless you put your ass out there on and, and take a chance that you won't get it right. And getting hurt. You, you, you can't be afraid of vulnerability. You can't, you can't be afraid of, of negative consequences because then you automatically close your, yourself off to any positive ones. Yep. The, and you isolate. Yeah. And, 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 and you're constantly trying to wait for the absolute perfect situation when a good enough situation is just done. Yeah. You know, no, nothing is ever going to be perfect. And, if you continue to wait for it to be, you're going to be sitting there until you're old and gray waiting to make a decision. And, you know, indecision is the same as death. So uh, tell me what you're doing now. You, you got a couple of things cooking. You're going to school. You got a little business. Yeah. So now um, I got, got run over by a truck the other day on a bike. Yeah, that was, that, that was fun. Oh, and, and I didn't even get to tell you this. Uh, the last week into spring break, I got food poisoning. So, oh yeah, so I spent la- I spent last Sunday in the ER just oh, coming out of uh, both ends, just cramp. It was horrible. It was painful. It was my first time ever having it, and but, um, I've had food poisoning. It does not it is not a fun experience. No, but I tell you what, the never mind. I won't say that. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. So tell us about the other stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I I got into once after part of the the thing that got me out of college what, what sent me into my isolation was I, I lost my purpose basically i was i was in school for a computer science degree and realized that i don't i don't math um so when i could I, I tried several times to to get through you know just regular college i lost you for a minute are you there are you there Hey, Nate, I lost you. Hello? Are you Are we there? Yeah. Lost you oh, there okay. for about 30 seconds. I guess my phone blocked out. Plug that in. Maybe that'll keep Smartphone. That happens. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and so basically I realized that, that I was not going to be a computer scientist. I was not going to be a computer programmer. And I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. Once I develop that center. I went to climbing. I think I was climbing for almost a solid year before I finally developed enough confidence that I was like, 
I'm ready to go back to school. I'm ready to, I'm ready to be a productive human being. I'm ready to put myself out there, you know, even if it's scary, even if it's painful and I'm going to fucking try. And well, that, yeah, that I remember really- you going from not wanting to be there the very first day yeah. to within six months, you're coaching other veterans and helping them climb. And you took a lead class, right? Did some lead climbing, which is- yeah, and the, the lead climbing was really fun. And I don't, well, I, I find I find uh, learning the fundamentals of, of particular things relatively easy. It's when I get into more advanced aspects of, of learning something that that I that I tend to struggle. And so, passing that kind of knowledge on to other newbies is is kind of natural for me. I, yep. So. I mean, other guys, and I mean, the, the fundamentals of climbing are not difficult. Um, I, I love one of the coaches up there at Summit told me one time, he was like, an average physically gifted person that comes in and just a few techniques should be able to climb, you know, a 5'9", 5'10", right off the bat. Oh, yeah. And I've, I've almost always found that to be true because, yeah, technique in this takes you a long way. Um but yeah, and so yeah, it was things like that, that 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 built me up and made me feel that hey, not only not only can I overcome my own problems, but I can help other people overcome theirs as well. You know, when I have the time and energy, and and that that felt really good, especially because some of those guys that came in there, you could tell that they they hadn't done something physical in quite a long time, and it felt good to have to see them feel the same way I felt and to kind of have that light bulb moment, you know, yeah, and I think it, that's it, important. That's an important point yeah. to make. You know, we've got, we have climbing programs that uh, right now exist in Wilmington, North Carolina, in Raleigh, North Carolina, in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth area, Grapevine, Texas. We have a couple of others that, that have kind of started small things, but, it, but uh, they're starting, they, they need to get a little more uh, momentum to really grow, but it's, it's universal that if you haven't climbed before, you're going to suck at climbing. So it doesn't matter if you're 20 pounds overweight, if you haven't gone to the gym for a while, if you, I mean, don't let any of that stuff hold you back from going and trying. If you can climb a ladder, you can start climbing. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that applies not just in climbing, but everything you, you, you never start out badass at anything. You have to fail first. It's it's that it, it's it's the learning curve. Um, there was a, a thing I saw that you, you never or wait, uh, you never lose. You either win or learn. Every failure is is learning a way not to do it. And you, you know, you adjust the next time you approach that problem. Well, if you're smart, you adjust, <laughs> you know, you try something a little bit different. So, okay, so talk real quick a little bit about your business, what you do with your calligraphy and your art. So once I once I realized that I wasn't going to be in computers, I searched and I searched. Once I realized that I needed to find some kind of purpose, and I, I really I've always had really nice handwriting. My grandmother was trained in uh, traditional American handwriting, so was my mother. They were you know clerks and executive assistants, um, and so I, I've always had a natural inclination to handwriting. So I picked up ornamental penmanship, which is Spencerian script. Um, it's the the fundamental. American penmanship, ornamental penmanship, and basically all of our cursive handwriting has been handed down from this form as a derivative of it in one form or another. Um, and so I began a calligraphy business and I do, you know, wedding invitations, thank you cards. Um, yeah, pretty much. I'll write, I've, I've done uh, some vows, some, uh, 
oh, what do you call that? Uh, a wedding announcement for a couple people that uh, a couple of my friends that went off in a loaf that they, that they has, has used you for some of our events and for some thank yous, invitations yeah. and thank yous. What's yeah, your website or, or Facebook page? How do people that hear this, how do they, if they want to find out more about what you do there, where do they go? Right now I'm on Instagram at uh, Nate underscore lettersmith, um, all lowercase. And then um, right now uh, in school, I'm also in school. I'm double majoring up at UNC in uh, communication design and figure painting and drawing. And the part of the process of, of going through the program is they teach us how to document and give us a platform for us to make a website. So pretty soon, as soon as I get that all neat and pretty where, you know, my anal retentive self feels comfortable, you know, letting people see it, uh, a lot more of my work is going to be on a website that the school posts for me. So, but I've been, I've been posting a lot of my homework progress, my sketches and drawings and stuff that I'm doing in class. I post that on my Instagram pretty regularly. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really busy. Um, I also, so in addition to the rock climbing, I also got into uh, bicycle riding. Um, and so I, I, I try to uh, ride my bicycle as much of the way from North Dallas to, to Denton as I can every day. And that's, that's been a, a super fun way to also meditate because you, I mean, when you're on the bike, you got to pay attention to what's going around you. You better. You get hit by cars. (laughs) Yeah. You and I, uh, you and I went around DFW airport. We got to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nate, man, this this is, uh, this has been awesome. I thank you for, thank you for inviting me out your podcast. Yeah. Well, you know, we want to share the message. We want other veterans out there to go. I want to be part of that climbing program or I want to start one. And, uh, and we want them to understand that isolation, when you isolate, your mind closes off and you go to dark places and nothing good comes of that. You got to get out of it. You got to, you got to be around other veterans. You got to do fun, athletic stuff that gets your blood going, get you, get you sweating. And, uh, and you know, we have such a fun time. Any Marines that come climb with us, we offer free crayons for snacks. It is (laughs) such an awesome time. But uh, I, I'm really proud of you because where you have come from the very first time that I met you uh, to now, I, I mean, you have really taken charge of your life and you have done phenomenally. And I'm excited to see where you go. And I'm proud to count you as one of my friends. I'm really glad that uh, we connected. And I'm looking forward to when your school schedule changes, you can come back and climb with us all the time. again. Yeah, actually, I think I am uh, taking this summer off and I'm going to take a summer to relax. And so, yeah, hopefully I should be coming coming this summer again and, and, and climbing on a more regular basis. Cause I, I mean, I, I get to do it. Uh, Cause I mean, there's a, there's a location right down the street from the school, but I, I mean, with as much work as I have, I've only been able to go for like 45 minute climbs. You know, I get like two or three in, you know, just enough to kind of, you know, quench the thirst. Then I have to, so yeah, <laughs> got to get it in where you can. Don't, don't make excuses. Don't make excuses, man. And just one note on isolation. The the thing about isolation, or at least with my isolation, was I had convinced myself that there was only one path and only one extremely and absolutely unrealistic avenue for me to accept help. If you are an isolated veteran, you have got to trust somebody else to make a decision to help you get help. You have to trust somebody else to say that maybe your perception of your situation isn't completely clear and that maybe the help they're offering you is good enough. 
It yeah. might not be perfect to your logic that's going in your head, but maybe your logic isn't completely clear because Carl offered me the help that I eventually got many times and I slapped it away. If you are that veteran that is just terrified to accept that help, any help, pretty much any help is better than none. So that I thought I was going to have to hit you over the head with a baseball bat a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a frustrating individual. <laughs> but, but, you know, but that's not, that's not uncommon. I mean, that's the, that's the important thing that a, a great message to share with veterans is all of those things, the things that you went through, it wasn't just you. There are other people out there, other veterans, yes. a lot of other veterans that are going through, have gone through similar things. And we all think that what we're going through is just us, that we're broken, that we're screwed up and everybody else is fine. And the reality is the opposite is true, right? It's more normal yes. to have those issues. And, and so you got to break out of that. You got to ask for it. Don't even look at it as asking for help. Just say, Hey, I need information. Who else has gone through this? And what did you do about it? That's exactly. a form of asking for help, but it's in a way that doesn't make you feel weak. Yes. And, uh, and those conversations are important. You're part of a brotherhood. They will get down in the hole with you and help you dig your way out. That's, yes. that's, that's what we do. That's, 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 that's what we signed on for the man next to us. That, that shit doesn't stop just because we get out. Well, folks go check out Nate underscore letter Smith on Instagram and uh, make sure you follow down. Nate, love you, brother. Good to talk to you. All right. Take care.